I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in Episode 148 Eight of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz, some say. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvolution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. If you have any questions about the show, any concerns, anything you love, anything you hate, anything you want to hear more of, let me know. Guys, quick PSA. In case you didn't hear the recap episode this week, this will be the last episode before Christmas. I know, shock horror, I am leaving you all alone in the fantasy playoffs, but I have trained you well. You're ready for this. You're going to go and smash it. I am away to the US of A with the fam for about 12 days there, so probably won't be another, might be another episode right before the new year. I'm not making any promises. Got to see how the jet lag happens, but... To send us off with an absolute bang, I have an amazing friend of the show, friend of mine. He has been on a couple of times. He is back again. Colm Kelly at Overtime Ireland, the dynasty darling of Donegal, as I call him, executive producer of the Rotoviz radio network and host of Rotoviz Ireland, all around good dude, and uh, Jared Goff, truther, more on that later. Colm, how the heck are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good, Evan. Glad to be back, and yeah, it's it's getting pretty close to Christmas here, so... Should be fun times. Jealous though the the trip to the states. Jealous of that. It's gonna it's gonna be good. Hopefully, get some proper snow for Christmas. Um, but yes, no, absolutely love having you on the show. Excited that you are back. And I mean, like you said, we are literally going into the fantasy playoffs this week. It's this regular season's over. the The fantasy season's only got a couple of weeks left. How has your fantasy season been? How was this most recent week? But in general, was it a good season for you? Has it been a struggle? Where did you come down in the midst of the uh, the lucky draw that is fantasy football? When we get to play fantasy football, it's always a, a good season. So we have to remember that that it's you know a nice pastime, a nice thing to do. But this was the first season that I've been full-time I guess we'll say you know working as fantasy as my kind of day job so I have to say this has been a, a good season for me I can't really go too tough on that as the season has progressed there's been challenges for my fantasy rosters my fantasy teams we talked about a little bit about baseball the last time I was on we did some drafts together they had some challenges but you know it's been a challenging season there's no there's no denying that we are through 14 weeks between injuries between you know mainly injuries has been a tough one you know if we look back to Javante Williams Brees Hall J.K. Dobbins hit big time this week but he has missed a large portion of the season Trey Lance's injury earlier in the season like there's just been so much on top of each other that has been a challenge and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that have been through that struggle that have now made it to the the promised land of the fantasy playoffs. so overall it's been a very positive season a solid season but it has been with its challenges and there has been disappointments in there as well i'm not going to say that all my teams have been good there has been some duds along the way but if you've made it to this point and you have got some of those teams into your dynasty playoffs if you've advanced teams in baseball tournaments the way you'll know if this has going to feel a real real success for you is if you can 
get those W's over the next two to three weeks. And uh, that will swing a lot of people's feelings of how the season has gone. But it's been an interesting season scoring down in the NFL. You know, the some of the play call in the NFL subject to question. But overall, I guess we have to say we're we're watching the sport and we're having a having a good time doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting that you say that. I was actually just on a show here before we're recording with the front yard fantasy guys, and we kind of mentioned that and we talked about that. And one thing we both I was talking to um one of the other guests and we both sort of feel like, and I don't know if you feel the same, it feels like there's been so much more concussion protocol as well um this year so many players leaving you know with which is good like i'm happy for because you you know first and foremost the health of the players is the most important but it certainly made it even more challenging from a fantasy perspective because you've got the normal sort of so-and-so tore their acl so-and-so's got a high ankle sprain but then on top of that you've got all these players leaving in the first quarter because they've got a now they're going into the concussion protocol so that's just an extra layer of complications yeah, something that's been a big challenge this year, I think, and this is going to come up in our segment in a second, but I, I'm a big T. Higgins believer. I've drafted a lot of T. Higgins, so he falls into this category. But we've had a lot of players this season who have you know, started a game and have gone out early. So you'll think back to potentially Romeo Dobbs. So this happened to him. Uh, you know, goes in, makes a catch, gets hurt. Jerry Judy had a game where he went out very early. There's a lot of games this season. You know, Kyler Murray this week, right at the start of the game, very early in the game as well this week for Ramondre Stevenson where guys are either playing a couple of snaps one snap two snaps and then they're out for the game and that's obviously more concerning for the players and their health and their well-being but when you have these lineups where you maybe stack up one or two players who only play a quarter or only play five or six snaps this week as well we had Tyler Boyd with a similar situation so there's lots of players who are dropping out early and that there's it feels a little bit unique this year but the, the volume of those injuries uh, to star players over the last couple of couple of months has been has been a challenge. Absolutely. I mean, Corey Davis, another example, double yeah. digit targets the week before. I even wrote him up in my article as like a flex guy you could throw in. He goes out with you know in the first first quarter, like literally first couple of minutes of the quarter, and you're just like, well, that's my week sorted, you know. Um, but absolutely, I got T Higgins in a couple of places there. But congratulations again. I don't know if I mentioned it last time you're on. I'm not sure if you had gone full time yet, but that is massive. Um, so really well done to you, and you've been absolutely killing it there over there at Rotoviz. I know I'd seen on Twitter you'd had some shout you out who potentially i don't want to you know obviously um i don't want to take your steal your thunder here i'll let you tell the story but i believe they're in a really solid position to potentially win a lot of money and they gave you and uh, your show a little shout out as some people that helped them is that right yeah so uh one of the people in ireland unfortunately you can't draft them but you're going stateside if you're in the u.s you can sign up to underdog fantasy that's season-long baseball i'm sure some of the listeners have have played on got got involved and played along but yeah, the one of the the listeners to the road of his overtime podcast reached out yesterday that um he he was in first place heading into yesterday he stayed in first place won the one million dollar prize for finishing the season as the highest point scorer so that was pretty cool it's always fun to hear you know listeners parts of the community um you know having success like that it's, it's really awesome that is that is amazing i i mean it's it's got to be sort of bittersweet for you like when somebody is like thank you very much for the advice i just won a million dollars and you're like i'm so happy for you why couldn't i have won the million dollars it would be nice i'm not going to say it, it, it wouldn't be it'd be nice to, to come out on top in some of those but i have been fortunate myself in some contests so that it does swing around and it's about same as your dynasty rosters it's about your process and trying to get that into place and you can know even from your own team to team you may have a case where a lot of your roster or a lot of your portfolio is similar players but when it's a situation where 
it's only one or two different on each team the the fortunes of those teams can be vastly different so you might have one team for example that has let's say Amon Ross St. Brown but the other team is T Higgins and they all have the same players out to that well we all know which team is doing better this season it's going to be the Amon Ross St. Brown team so there is there's scenarios like that that you know play out but yeah, it's just I think it's just awesome to see people have success like that that is awesome and you know obviously big ups to you and the work that you guys are doing that's why you're some of the best in the biz before we get into it because we have a lot to get through a lot to cover today we are just going to touch on you kind of alluded to it i think this is going to be your hatchet man of the week but let's make it official <laughs> an honorable hatchet man does not lie a hatchet man ran right up behind him with a hatchet smash 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 anyone can carry a hatchet even a liar Perhaps for the final time this fantasy season, we're going to hear about some hatchet men of the week, some guys that broke our hearts. Colm, am I right in saying it is the one and only T Higgins for you? It, it is. You asked like how the season was going. There's quite a few teams that would have got over the line in some of those contests that I mentioned. There's a couple of those dynasty rosters that, that struggled. I was very fortunate in one league this week with T Higgins where just I lost, but the team that I was competing with for that you know last playoff spot also lost so i i managed to creep in being the best loser i guess we'll say at that point so uh t higgins we all kind of probably know the situation at this point was uh on the injury report with a hamstring injury in the middle of last week then he had no injury tag coming into the game uh for the final injury report played one snap sat out the rest of the game finishes with 0.0 so that is a, a tricky one i know it's caused a lot of pain around the, the fantasy football community and it is the second time this season that something similar has happened to not just the cincinnati Bengals, but also to t higgins where he sat out or stayed on the sideline for a game earlier in the season too so it is a little bit uh, better i'm sure for t higgins owners out there but i still obviously believe in the talent i just wish you know if, if it's a situation where you're not going to play or something flares up and, and warm ups that you're that you're not active for the game but absolutely no it is infuriating i i i have several shares of tiggins and he was in all my lineups i totally was just like yeah no injury designation good to go my hatchet man of the week is another guy that i really love but has been absolutely painful this season and especially this week was dj moore so dj moore you know we had that switch to sam darnold and he has a really good game of course he was on my bench for all you know for that great game because he'd been so up and down i just didn't know what to expect then they have their bye week so i can't play him that week so I've been rubbing my hands together thinking about DJ Moore with Sam Darnold under center. This is going to be fantastic. Played him in several lineups. Most egregiously played him in a lineup in a redraft league that I was lucky enough to be in with Jock Peterson where I needed to win this week to try and get into the playoffs. It was a very difficult league. There was like 12 teams. Honestly, there was like six teams tied on the exact same like wins and losses so the last week super important of course i throw dj Moore excitedly into my lineup what does he do 96 percent of the snaps two rush attempts for six yards and zero receptions on three targets he gives me he gives me 0.6 fantasy points so needless to say i did not win i am not in the playoffs in, in that league so uh yeah dj Moore, that was that was not helpful sir i do not appreciate it as one of your biggest fans i i'm gonna need you to get things together for next season so i love i love dj Moore as much as uh as much as anybody and it's it's really tough when this happens it feels like dj Moore, though all the talent in the world is potentially destined to live in quarterback purgatory for his entire career um yeah honestly i'm really glad you mentioned that because i've kind of been coming to that conclusion myself and 
it's just one of those things, you know, it's like you, you can make excuses for a player for so long and then eventually you just have to sort of face the facts and just be like, yes, maybe this is a really talented player or maybe he's not as talented as I think he is or something. I don't know, but like, he's such a great player. I, we've seen him do it, but he just never, it seems to really going to be able to take that step that we all want him to. We all blame the quarterback, but it's also partly play callers and all this other stuff for whatever reason, you know, you're getting to that stage now, even in dynasty where he's not really a young player anymore. He's supposed to be going into his prime. You know, he's supposed to be, this is like, this is supposed to be his peak. And uh, really we, I mean, this has been what his worst season in, in a long time. So it's, it's certainly tough. It's going to be a real interesting off season. I think that, you know, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. My concern at the moment, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but again, I do have a lot of DJ Moore. I've been thinking about this a lot. Uh, my concern at the moment is that these stinking Carolina Panthers keep winning games. They've won like two games in a row now. Um, if you look at like Tankathon right now, as if the season ended today, they're drafting ninth, which isn't terrible, but it's not that high when there's only really two for sure stud muffin quarterbacks in this draft that we know of. If they keep winning a couple more games, if things don't go their way, I mean, they could end up potentially drafting 14th, 15th, 16th, and that's not good for uh, getting my boy DJ Moore an absolute stud quarterback for the future. So do you have any insights into that? Any thoughts on the DJ Moore dilemma before we move on here? No, I would like to see Matt Corral get get in there and get a chance at quarterback to see what, what he can do. Not only is the problem that the quarterbacks that he's played with aren't good in terms of what has circulated through there and you know I, I like teddy bridgewater but he's not somebody who's the best downfield passer you also have the likes of baker mayfield you have sam darnold now you had cam newton before that who was on the the downside of his career it's been a roller coaster for him a quarterback but it's not a case that he has like let's say you put him with somebody like a james winston who is not the best quarterback in the nfl but is going to throw the ball down the field he's going to give his wide receivers opportunities to try and make those plays he, he really hasn't had that and uh he is somebody who I will continue to, to bet on in terms of the talent, but it's just a case that time and time again, I feel like he has just been so tam- tampered, whether it's quarterback player, whether it's coaching, like you mentioned. So I probably will be uh, still on this train for the next two to three years, but uh, at the same time, that that might be uh, something that comes back to just destroy me. But I think I'll be I'll be dying on that hill. Old habits die hard. Um, and I guess the good thing is for, especially for redraft and everything like that going into next year, he'll probably have a really palatable draft position just because of how disappointing he's been this year. Uh, I guess it depends on if they do, if they do somehow manage really good enough draft pick to get one of the sub quarterbacks that probably will boost his draft status. But yes, this is all stuff we look forward to talking about ad nauseum in the off season and discussing DJ Moore's dynasty value. We're going to jump into the news and notes. There's quite a lot, actually, unfortunately, kind of what we talked about with injuries and stuff to get through. And I'm curious to hear kind of Colm's take on a couple of these things. Spilling the tea. So quite a lot to get through here again, sadly. Um, we've kind of alluded to it. It does feel like a really bad year for injuries. I think we probably see that every year, but I don't know. It just really feels like they're piling up here. And a lot of big name players as well. The good news, we'll get that over with first. No bye weeks. So at least you have a full range of teams and players to choose from. Anyone not injured is playing. So Kyler Murray. News. <laughs> that's the end of the good news. It was very quick um, out of the way. So on to some very sad news, Kyler Murray torn ACL. Um, that's a big one. I know a lot of people, you know, kind of relying on him going into the fantasy playoffs. You're probably scrambling now, especially if you're in like sort of a super flex league, things like that. Uh, Brock Purdy has had an MRI on an injured oblique and is considered day to day. I mean, the 49ers must have the worst luck with like injuries and quarterbacks. I mean, they've lost 
two starting quarterbacks this season. They've now got their third starting quarterback who is apparently banged up and they're not sure. I don't know what is going on over there, but um, it's not good. Jeff Wilson has a hip injury. So again, that's pretty devastating to maybe some zero RB teams out there who've been relying on him. The commanders have activated Carson Wentz from IR, but apparently as it stands, he is just going to be the backup to Taylor Heineke. Debo Samuel, potential high ankle sprain. Again, another sort of devastating. Um, you know, He hasn't had the best of season, but he's still somebody you were obviously plugging into your lineups. You're now literally in the playoffs without Debo. That's not ideal. Russell Wilson was ruled out of the game with a concussion. He finally had a good fantasy performance and then he goes into the concussion protocol. So keep your eyes on that. See how he's progressing. Hopefully he will be available for this weekend. T Higgins, we've already touched on hamstring injury. We've got to see how he goes. And obviously, you know, he's one of those guys you're probably going to have to throw in your lineup if he is active, but it's going to be pretty scary stuff considering what just happened to you last week. And then Tyler Boyd had a dislocated finger and apparently he could miss a couple of weeks. So that is probably semi bad news, though. He hasn't been amazing. At least you're going to probably know if they say they're ruling him out for a couple of weeks. At least that kind of takes the decision off of you. Kenny Pickett went into the concussion protocol. So similar sort of situation. Keep an eye on that throughout the week. See how he's getting on. And then last little bit of news here. T.Y. Hilton signed with the Dallas Cowboys. So kind of confusing. Like last couple of weeks, it's all been like OBJ. They're going to get OBJ and then they get T.Y. Hilton. So I kind of feel like that's a little bit of a like, uh, 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 like disappointing for the Cowboys. But uh, I'm going to throw to you here. What's your thoughts? Anything? I mean, do you have any major thoughts on the Kyler? That's probably the biggest one. But any of those other bits of news that you wanted to sort of chat about or, or, or have any opinions on Colm? The Kyler one's obviously the, the biggest talking point and it is absolutely devastating because it's an injury where it's likely going to be a situation where he might start next season on the PUP list. So coming into context there, as a quarterback who can rush, probably going to be the following season when he's back to 100%. So you're you know, looking at this one taking quite a bit of time to recover. So that is very disappointing. He's also not been great this season, which has been a, a challenge, but you never want to see this sort of injury happen to anybody. And if we, again, looking at the quarterback landscape for next season, you're looking at Trey Lance, how does his recovery happen? How do, What happens here? There's just so much going on around the NFL with these injuries, uh, especially to quarterbacks. You even mentioned Brock Purdy, who's come in and has kind of had the, you know, the Hollywood script in terms of how he's played. He's come in, he's beat Tom Brady this week, and they've absolutely wiped the floor with the, the Buccaneers. But hopefully he'll be okay but it's been it's been a tough scene there russell wilson i thought had a, a diabolical quarter and a half this week and then looked the best he's looked as a bronco i think in that jerry judy you know triple touchdown that was uh rolling through there but then obviously gets the concussion at the end when he does that rush so that's disappointing for him hopefully though we start to see as he moves forward maybe they do get into some sort of a groove but it feels like at this point that he he is potentially past that that prime which is very very concerning for denver broncos fans the bronc or the the bengals wide receivers hopefully higgins is back this week looks like it's gonna be a couple of weeks for boyd as you mentioned but that's gonna be a challenge obviously for joe burrow if he's missing both of those he obviously has jamar chase back thankfully who has looked fantastic uh pickett was another player who went out on pretty much one of the first plays when i talked about that earlier in the show he went out with that concussion so disappointing the ty hilton thing i think i'm you know okay we'll see what happens you know if anyone if we're playing dynasty here you know ty hilton is going to be worth nothing now and he's going to be worth nothing when we get to the offseason to try and trade him but if you're really struggling these on waivers you know go go have at it ty hilton though when he came into the nfl one of the most exciting players playing with andrew luck 
has had a, a really good career with the Colts. You mentioned the, the OBJ segment of that. I think that's just clearly, and some of the reports have shown this, I, I think that it's unlikely that he would be even healthy for a playoff team to play in the playoffs. Otherwise, I think somebody would take that opportunity. The other problem, I think, is that reports have suggested that he wanted kind of a longer term guarantee from the team in terms of multiple years to a contract which is hard for a team to to agree to coming off this so lots of stuff to dive into there but most of it i'm sure would all be happier if we the less we talk about it it has been an absolutely brutal season for injuries i did forget to mention in the sort of intro and the build up here um one of the main things that we need to talk about is our bet that we made in the off season and it's sort of you know we're talking a little bit about quarterbacks you didn't forget you're trying not to tell anyone about it because it's not looking too good for your boy how dare you um so just as a refresher in case you didn't hear you haven't heard about this bet what happened was in the offseason um Colin was kind enough to come on and do an NFC North preview and we sort of talked to each team and we kind of give some bold predictions and things like that and when we got to the Detroit Lions um you know he comes out with this absolute just absolutely ridiculous statement that Jared Goff is going to be a better fantasy quarterback than Kirk Cousins lo and behold I you know I I practically laughed him off of the podcast at the time couldn't believe it um you know absolutely said you know name your price we'll make a bet and we agreed on a bet where i believe the loser or sorry the winner gets to choose the losers like uh picture for a week on twitter and then we also uh, there's a bottle of whiskey or tito's i believe on the line here and lo and behold 14 weeks into the season kirk cousins is ahead by about four points or something like that and it's not looking good i to be fair hats off to Colin because you know, nobody, I, I don't think Jared Goff's mother believed in him as much as Colm did in the off season. And I've actually said to him there, look, to be fair, even if it's within like 10 points at the end of the season here, I feel like he should win just on the moral victory side of it. So fair play to you, Colm. What was your, what crystal ball did you have in the off season to know that, that Jared Goff was going to be as good as he is this season? I don't know. Um, I've always had a, the last two or three seasons a little bit more faith in the the lions and it hasn't fully come to fruition and this is coming from a green bay packers fan but goff to finish last season looked pretty sustainable what he was doing obviously i'm on and brown had a really strong finish to last season that was without deandre swift and tj hawkinson for portions of that so we've seen the continued emergence of I'm on Ross St. Brown and how good he's looked obviously tj hawkinson is now a minnesota viking but they have other players and there i know I think last week you mentioned about uh, DJ Chark as a potential player. There's all, also, when we're looking through the rest of the team, they drafted Jamison Williams this year. I, I just think there's so much talent now in this Detroit offense. And I think what we look at with teams around the NFL at times, people are waiting to the team you know, has done it or the, the player has shown them that rather than projecting what this team could be with these players. And when we look at what the team is, the quarterback then is the one that has to make that engine tick over and with the players they had I felt that they could um, put up those points we've seen it from Jared Goff in the past when he has those players around him and the coaching is what it should be with the Rams he was able to have very successful seasons early in his career and then I, I just felt that that was a situation in Detroit that was on the up on the improve and even as the season progressed it didn't look like it was going all that well they've won five of six now they were one and six at a point this season and it was looking like it was rough but they were still putting up fantasy points because the defense wasn't doing well the offense was doing very well the other team that i had a strong faith like this in was the seahawks i was very high on dk metcalf coming into the season i was high on geno smith 
more so than maybe I, I should have been. You know, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker, Tyler Lockett. Again, lots of talent there. Noah Fant was a tight end that I really like coming into the season, and it hasn't really hit for Fant. But the rest of the players are are doing enough in there. And a lot of the time, people want to get the the high powered offense that's already done it. Well, those offenses are much more expensive to acquire. So if we look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, for example, now they are a team that is ascending in that right direction. You can look at them for the last two or three years as that progressed. You look the, the team I was probably wrong on out of all teams that it was very, very popular on this offseason was the Atlanta Falcons. And they have stayed where they are. But for every bet you put on a, an offense that stays where they are or regresses like the Atlanta Falcons, you look then at like the Seahawks who are much cheaper to acquire in the offseason. The the Lions, for example, the Jets was another team. I had a lot of conversations with my my podcast colleague Sean Siegel on our podcast this year, joking about we were drafting too many players from the Detroit Lions, from the New York Jets, from the Seahawks, you know, from these teams that people thought weren't good teams. And, uh, you know, that's not always the case. These teams will progress as well. So uh, I, I, I'm just I'm just very happy with how this is going. It's actually, they're 11th and 12th in scoring. And you said there was five points in it or four points. There is basically five points in it. One, Kurt Cousins is averaging 17.16 points per game. And then it's, 16.82 for jared goff so really really close but the part i want to point out is when i made this call in adp this offseason we had kurt cousins at qb 15 so he is still outperforming where he was jared goff was quarterback 27 so i i do think that was was a pretty bold take at the time absolutely you know you're underselling yourself here because i mean honestly Goff was like the only quarterback that I've seen in recent years that like in super flex leagues, like you almost couldn't pay people to take off your hands. Like you literally couldn't. I had him in like one league and I remember putting him on the block multiple times. Like once they didn't draft any quarterbacks, once they didn't and run, like nobody would like literally one person at one point I remember offered me like something like a 20 three sixth round pick or something for him <laughs> in a dynasty league. And I was like, are you joking me? Like for a starting quarterback in a super flex league, um, and so, yeah, absolutely. That is a massive call. And to be fair, I mean, to me, it's even more of an impressive call because you were saying about, oh, well, the weapons. But the truth is, like, DeAndre Swift's missed, like, more than he's played this year. Um, Jamison Williams has only just got on the field. He's been doing this with, like, Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds. You know, DJ Chark has missed chunks of time. He's got guys like, you know, I believe Shane Zilstra. And, you know, like, they lost Hawkinson. They traded him to the Vikings. I mean, he's literally Jamal Williams. Panay Sewell caught, caught a pass this back. week. His offensive lineman, Panay Sewell, caught a pass from Yes. He's been doing it with Panay Sewell. So absolutely hats off to you. Somebody, I'm, I'm going to pick your brain on the offseason. We're going to sit down and figure it out because I don't want, I think if we can take advantage of these Jared Goff situations in the offseason, it's one of the best ways to sort of build our rosters, get these players at just rock bottom values. Um, and there is, there is going to be messes. There is definitely going to be messes when you try and do that. But the thing is, is the upside is so high. And when you're trying to acquire players at that cost, it's not like you're giving away all your picks or all your star players to get that player and that means that you have more chances to then miss because if you go all in on a a big name player and it, it fails you've you've really saddled your team with a lot of you know trouble for the next couple of years to get that right let's say for example you went after uh russell wilson this offseason a bit like the denver broncos did you got him and you had to give up say an extra first round pick and your other quarterback that you had and now all of a sudden you're can i play this guy so that's what it's about is like 
taken those opportunities to get a path to those players that return a lot on the investment the other player that like really hasn't worked out and this is true injury is trey lance i was very very positive on trey lance this year so a lot of my teams that had trey lance have struggled then obviously throughout the season for that depth at quarterback but it is about trying to see those players that maybe aren't as uh you know you know they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder it's a bit like trying to see what people don't want like you mentioned and and take those opportunities on them yeah absolutely 100 and you know there's so many examples from this last offseason in this offseason we'll be talking about this kind of stuff but just you know jared goff miles sanders you know josh jacobs a couple of these guys that you could literally pick up in the offseason you could have picked any of these guys up for a second round pick or for even a third a couple of thirds at some stage you know like people were just sick sore and tired of them and um you know it's definitely something that you know there's there's real value and then there's like assumed value and those are those can be very different things so i love the the theory but i do want to get into a couple of these uh start sets and kind of talk talk about some of the stuff here that People are still in the fantasy playoffs. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's great. Let's talk about this week because I want to win my fantasy championships. Employee of the week. So normally speaking, in a normal week, which it is not a normal week, we're into the fantasy playoffs, we would use this time of the uh, the pod to talk about our bus mart, so somebody that we're a little bit worried about, we might want to sit, we would talk about studs or us. I'm going to bring up, well, I think we'll bring up a couple of players maybe that we're excited or we're interested in starting, but actually we're going to do something a little bit different here. Um, just for, for this week, I'm I'm just going to give out and I'm going to ask uh, Colm to give out a couple just hints and tips, kind of things that we like to do going into the fantasy playoffs. For me... Um, honestly, my biggest sort of hint or tip would just be don't overthink it. I feel like you get into the fantasy playoffs, especially if you don't have that first round buy and the adrenaline starts pumping because you're like, man, it's win or go home. It's knockouts. I need this. And then we start overthinking things and you start toying around with sitting your studs and, and playing these guys because they had a big week last week or something. And I just think, you know what, in general, don't overthink it. Yes, there's exceptions to every rule, but man, if you sit... Um, you know, we talked about this on the show. I was just on, if you sit like Mark Andrews on your bench for a streamer, you know, like Evan Ingram or something like that, it could work out. But at the same time, if Mark Andrews goes off and has two touchdowns and 140 yards and you end up losing your week, you're not going to forget that. You're not going to, you're not going to let yourself forget that. And you're, you're more importantly, worse. Your league mates aren't going to let you forget that. Um, and that's the most important thing because obviously bragging rights. I mean, that's what we're all here for. So Colin, what's one of your biggest hints or tips, you know, kind of going into the fantasy playoffs? Yeah, and I think you mentioned something there. If you have a Mark Andrews, you're starting him. There's certain players that you're going to start. At the tight end position at the moment, it might just be Andrews, Kelsey, and maybe Hawkinson because there's a lot of questionable players after that. You mentioned Evan Ingram. After Evan Ingram's performance this week in PPR leagues, he is now the tight end four on the season. But a third of his points did happen this past week. So that shows you what's happening at tight end. There is going to be some games this week, I think, to keep an eye on. And it's going to be one of those situations where I still think you're probably just going to have to to grin and bear it but there is certain games like the miami game against the bills looks like there's gonna be heavy snow in that one and there's gonna be a lot of fantasy assets playing in that so i think though it's going to be a situation keep an eye to see how bad it's going to be but i think you're still you're still going to want to roll out stefan diggs you know you're still going to want to roll out josh allen but there's going to be some of those slightly further down the pecking order pieces you know like it maybe a gabe davis that you have to decide that you're not going to play this week so it can be very very tough but the key is i think don't get too cute if it's a situation and that might be a very irish saying the people in the u.s might be like what does that mean like it just means like don't get too clever for your own good in terms of like looking into trying to say well this guy is 
projected for you know two points more than this guy and you know in your heart that this is the guy who's got you here and this is the guy who's you're you're going to ride or die with them i think that's what you're saying as well about not overthinking it yes but there is obviously the strategy the other thing i would say to try not to do is like and it can be very hard is like go in before the game and check their lineup and then be like oh he's got justin jefferson oh i have to like take a big swing here and start somebody else like you know and risk your whole thing but what i would be saying as well is don't play it safe go for it don't be like playing the the guy who you're like well this guy might get me you know 24 points this week but i know this other player is definitely going to get me 10 i need those 10 points like i'd be saying go for the guy who has the chance to get you the 24 like go and win it don't don't be taking that risk and being like oh should have just taken the gamble like you've got to this point that's where your whole season's been based on go and win it now like go all in yeah i think you made a couple of really good points there one that i really love and i'm going to bring up because that definitely bit me a couple of times this year is sometimes when you're in a lot of leagues and you're doing a lot of stuff you forget this time of year the weather can be massive like for the game script so absolutely that's a huge that's a really great point especially specifically talking about the bills and the dolphins the there's, bills there's last be, week with the jets was like that yeah there's going to be you know bills and dolphins there's going to be five six seven players that you want to be playing in a th- in theory but if it comes out that like there's going to be 40 mile an hour winds and three feet of snow. You're going to be like, whoa, you know, I'll probably still need to start my Tyree kill. I'll still probably need to start my Josh Allen, but I'm probably not going to start my Devin Singletary or my, you know, uh, Trent Sherfield or something like that. And it, it, it may be a case where this week, and I'm a big Singletary guy, but like snow and those conditions may stand up well for the running backs off the Buffalo Bills or the Miami Dolphins. So something to think about. Usually wind over a certain, uh, I'm not about to say gust. I was about to say windage. Uh, a certain gust, uh, usually 15 to 20 miles an hour, will affect quarterback play. Anything less than that doesn't really tend to matter. Rain doesn't really tend to matter all that much unless it's paired with the wind as well. But the snow can affect it quite a bit. So um, different things to check. And there is some different people on Twitter who do great treads looking at it. But another reason to, to really like those Detroit Lions they have a dome indoor no snow nice <laughs> so yes absolutely pay attention to the weather and i love your point as well about go big you know it's time to win so it doesn't mean like again i think what we're saying here is you know you, you know you don't want to sit saquon barkley for daunted foreman necessarily but at the same time you know if you're looking at two guys that you've picked up off the waiver wire and you're not sure maybe go with the one that you're like hey this is more of a boom bust but he could absolutely smash and give me you know 35 points and win me my week if he goes if he goes off and they've got a really favorable matchup, something like that. So absolutely. And don't get too carried. The last thing I'll say in that is just don't get too cute with um, looking at the projections either. Cause they don't mean anything. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's so many times where people say, Oh, I'm projected to win, you know, 65%, you know, to 35% or whatever on sleeper. And then you can sort of lull yourself to sleep, maybe making some bad start set decisions because you are just sort of playing for the floor and you're like, I actually need a safe, safe win here. But things happen injuries happen players go out and you just want to put your best lineup out there you don't want to get too cute you don't want to sit your studs and um and pay attention to things like the weather hopefully you should be able to get those get those w's where you need them um is there any kind of players i did i was going to point out jk dobbins i know he's been just come back off injury he looked really good last week he said himself i believe that he's not 100 percent, but they gave him 15 carries last week against a pretty rough um pit defense you know 25 25th in points allowed over the last six weeks and he managed to rack up 120 yards so he's getting like eight yards a clip pretty solid 
and he's going up against the Browns who are pretty terrible run defense. They're giving up the fifth most fantasy points to the fantasy running backs in the last six, seven weeks. So, I mean, if you've got JK Dobbins, you've been hanging on to him for this long. I think you definitely should plug him in. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, is there any players like that that you're kind of thinking about or that you think people should have the confidence to throw in their lineups column? Uh, 100% I'll be playing Dobbins. Uh, let's see what happens to Lamar Jackson there. But you mentioned him not being 100%. I mentioned this on the Road of His Overtime podcast we recorded today that he has a breakaway run in that game, kind of a 40 yardish run. And if he is 100% healthy, he is taking it to the house. But he's kind of like running at 80% tilt and he gets caught from behind. And it's kind of like he's looking back. He's like, you know, catch me at any time. I'm ready to go down here. Like he kind of felt like he wasn't making it to the end zone. So he didn't look 100%. But uh, you know even at 80 percent, jk dobbins is a, a fantastic player so i was actually looking today i was surprised in terms of some of the consensus rankings as to, to how low he is again this week and there was very little talk about him last week when he was getting activated i play a lot of dfs he was you know very low salary in dfs last week and comes in looks really good so uh he's yeah. somebody i'd be slotting in there um i was wondering how low we want to go on this but i think this might fit in as a, a dynasty part of it and obviously the cost per league will vary but somebody that i really like coming into the nfl was take on thornton patriots wide receiver and he has had his struggles at times obviously got injured in the preseason missed a couple of weeks comes back in week five and it hasn't hit for him throughout the season in a, in a big way he did have a nice game against the cleveland browns where he gets a touchdown hasn't had a touchdown since hasn't gone over 40 yards since but he is starting to to see more targets as we move forward here since he's come back from his most recent injury missed week 12 it's only three targets and five targets but if we can get him moving forward i think he's somebody heading into that second year that i would be trying to pick up in your dynasty leagues whether it's for this week or whether it's for a future obviously the trade deadline probably passed in a lot of leagues another thing i would like to to remove from most leagues is, is trade deadlines uh, and the other thing i would like to see the nfl do is move the trade deadline to to maybe week 14 when they're having that week 14 by scrap the week 14 by change the trade deadline to week 14 i think we would get a lot more movement done there in the nfl as well a man after my own heart here um just really quickly gonna because i'm always just aware i uh, don't want to take too much of column's time but we will just hit very briefly our let's ride or let's hide matchups um any ones that you're particularly looking to avoid this weekend as far as just you know maybe a let's hide kind of matchup well i could steal yours if you're not going to give yours yours is probably the the best one here but i think it could be interesting um the one that i do think that we should be hiding from is the cardinals broncos it could be a case where we don't have russell wilson we don't have uh kyler murray and it might get a little bit ugly the over under in that game is 36 and a half as we stand currently and denver a three-point favorite in it so that game could be could be pretty ugly the other ones is you know if we do not get lamar jackson the the ravens haven't been great on offense the browns haven't been really great since uh, deshaun watson's come back the total and that's 37 and a half so there are two games that, that could be could be pretty ugly but sometimes those games can can surprise you quite a bit but they they feel pretty pretty nasty yeah. at the moment i think we're going to yeah. see a lot of running in those games yeah absolutely and another one that i'm sort of skeptical on is the raiders and patriots so it's like the uh it's <laughs> the josh mcdaniel's revenge tour but i kind of feel like um, Bill Belichick's just going to know all the tricks that he's going to try and pull on him and just going to shut him down. I mean, that would be my assumption anyways. It's only got a 44 and a half over under the Pats are allowing the third fewest points to the running back in the last sort of six, seven weeks. And obviously a lot of the strength of the Raiders has been through Josh Jacobs. So, um, you know, and they're all, they're 27th or points allowed to fantasy quarterbacks as well. So again, 
you know, you're, you're definitely going to be starting your Devonte Adams. You have to. Um, but at the same time, you know, you probably aren't excited about starting Foster Moreau or even Waller necessarily. If he's just back off IR, uh, you're probably still going to start Josh Jacobs. You have to, he's got you this far. That's what we're talking about. Not getting too cute with it. You never know. He might come out and have the best game of the season, you know, 200 yards and four touchdowns. You just don't know. So you're not going to sit him, but at the same time, you're not excited about like the matchup. You're not rubbing your hands together. Like just thinking about how great this matchup is going to be a couple of the matchups that we maybe do like, or that we are sort of excited about. I know for me, I'm excited about the Eagles and the Bears. The reason being on the Bears side of it, really, you're only wanting to start fields probably anyways at this point. You might start Montgomery as well because you might have to, especially in Dynasty. But on the Eagles, they have such a such a, such a plush matchup for them. They've been absolutely firing on all cylinders. They're going to want to lock up that number one seed, get that bye week. They're not. I don't think they're going to take their foot off the gas here. 48 and a half over under could easily go over 50. Um, the Bears are giving up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs in the last six weeks, fifth most to fantasy wide receivers. So you're going to light up all your Eagles, um, probably be really excited to do so. And then again, like I said, on the bear side, it's just nice because you only have one or two options you're really interested in anyways. Um, what about yourself? Anybody that you kind of want to really attack and get pieces of? I, I do think on the, the bears as well, I'd be looking to, to try and slot Cole Komet in there. I think he's the the one piece that I'd be quite interested in having from the, the bear side if you have him. And tight end, as we mentioned earlier, is such a wasteland. <laughs> if you have Komet, I think you're, yeah. you're firing True. him up. Um, but when we look through the games, guess who I'm excited about this week? the lions <laughs> the lions are playing the jets uh i am since uh mike davis has come in pretty excited about the jets overall it's a 44 and a half over under it's a pick him so the lions like amazingly i know you're a vikings fan but the lions were favored against the vikings in that game this past week it shows where they have come and how they're playing over the last kind of month and a half they're playing the jets here the jets have some of the the young players in the nfl as well that i absolutely love somebody like guard wilson i would love to see more of elijah Moore getting involved there then obviously, you know, Xavier Knight has played well. Unfortunately, we don't have Brees Hall there any longer. But I, I've been impressed enough with the the Jets this season. And with Mike White in there, I think they're they're getting the job done. The one concern here is to keep an eye for the weather. Obviously, mentioned the Bills game last week against the, the Jets and the, the conditions there. But we get Detroit on the road. And, you know, I, I just think that they're, this is going to be an interesting matchup to see because they're both young teams who their reputations have been not great for the last maybe seven eight years and this is a chance for both of them to to make a little bit of a mark and they're both in the hunt in their representative conferences to to potentially sneak into the end of the playoffs so it should be a fun game with lots of young players on display and be interesting to see as well if we get more jameson williams in there for the for the lions as well absolutely love it now um yeah so good luck on your fantasy matchup so we do have one last segment here we're not going to talk trades because you know again we're heading into the fantasy playoffs we talk trades all the time but we are going to do something very different the main event fight since it is really close to christmas and this is the last episode that will be going live before christmas we are going to do a christmas films draft and because Colm is such a great guest i'm gonna let him go for the 101 though i am sad i believe he's gonna steal my favorite christmas film here so who you got for us at the 101 Colm? i am gonna go with the, the, this here i don't know there might be a portion of the audience that disagrees here they might turn off the podcast die hard is definitely a christmas movie in my opinion and uh we have to go with die hard the original as the 101 here oh. we have to get we have to get that going um this, has to be. 
This breaks my heart. I absolutely love Die Hard. I'm actually going to see Die Hard. So I'm recording this on Tuesday, the 13th of December. It'll go live on Thursday. This Friday here in Belfast, they have what's called the Queen's Film Theater. So it's like kind of like a independent film theater near the Queen's University. And they so- show a lot of classic films. They show a lot of indie films, stuff like that. But they're showing Die Hard this Friday. Me and a couple of mates awesome. are going down. We're going to have a couple of drinks and we're going to go watch Die Hard. I'm so excited. So I'm very, very sad that you stole Die Hard. That is absolutely the 101 well played, sir. Yeah, and um, I do, I do so, think out of these films, obviously it's probably the most controversial as a Christmas film. Happens at Christmas, definitely a Christmas film. But as a teenager, you know, growing up, when you get to watch Die Hard, like so many of the lines out of it form your kind of teenage years, you know, at that point. I don't know if it'll be for future teenagers, it'll be the same, but yeah, just so many cool, cool one-liners in it. I Yeah, I saw the Christmas jumper of um it's the ho 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 now i have a machine gun and i want that so bad so um absolutely i need to get that in my life i so okay we're gonna do five rounds we'll do snake draft so because you have just had the greatest one-on-one i have to try and counteract it with two picks here um i am gonna go with one of my all-time favorite christmas films it feels like it's properly Christmas season when I get to sit down and watch Home Alone with the fam. Absolutely love Home Alone. Um, it's just such a classic. It's it's timeless. It's great. It feels like Christmas season has really begun the first time I get to see Home Alone. So I'm going to take Home Alone and then because I got to try and counteract this diehard absolute heavyweight, you know, uppercut that you landed on me straight out the gates here. I'm going to take that. Uh, oh man. I'm going to take home alone and I'm going to pair it with elf. Ah, so you got me. I'm taking elf with Will Ferrell. It's a modern classic. Absolutely love it. It's definitely in like my top five Christmas films. Absolutely adore it. It's actually funny enough when our, my daughter is born in December. So she just turned three. So when she was born, we, I had a couple of weeks, you know, out of the hospital in the house and everything like that. And then we were trying to just, you know, it's, it's hard when you first have those kids and you're trying to get out of the house and stuff. So we went on, I believe it was either Christmas Eve or boxing. I think it was Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, we went to, again, QFT. It sounds like I just live at QFT. I really don't. But we went to QFT and we watched Elf. And that was the very first movie that my daughter Zoe saw, even though she didn't see it because she's like three weeks old. But I love Elf. That's my second pick. Back to you, Colm. What are you going for? So I'm getting two picks here back to back. Yep. That Elf, I was hoping you were going to skip over on that. And you mentioned your daughter. My daughter's four and a half now. And there's a lot of films where you're just kind of wondering, is that, can we can we watch this one? Is it okay? And there's a lot of films, obviously, outside of Christmas that aren't okay. But when it comes to these Christmas ones, you're kind of like, so we haven't dipped into Home Alone yet. But I was talking to my wife and I was like, similar to you, there's films on in the cinema and Elf is one, Home Alone's one. And I was kind of thinking like, do we, do we take her to this? So we'll see. But this one here is mainly nostalgia, but again, you kind of turn into a kid again through your kids when you're watching these films the santa claus is a film that came out when you know i was a child it came out in 1994 i was born in 1989 so as a kind of five six-year-old kid at that time it had a big impact on on my christmases so i always loved that film so i've watched it with her a couple of times now so that is mine tim allen leading the very way solid very solid next pick. I like it. I respect it. I wouldn't have Love taken it, but I absolutely agree that it belongs in the conversation at this stage. What about for your third pick then? I, I do think as well, and I'm sure the listeners will say that there's a, once you go past like the, I, I have Elf and Die Hard kind of clearly at the top. And once you go past them, they, you could go in any order depending on how you're feeling that day. <laughs> and most of mine are going to be kids related, but I'm going to go for one that I don't know if it gets a good rep, a bad rep, but it's a, I think it's a kind of one of the better done kind of modern 
believe it's done by Netflix uh, films. It was the Christmas Chronicles came out in 2018. Oh, I thought that was pretty it. sweet. That's a very solid. I was hoping. See, I was thinking that could maybe be like a sneaky, like later round. Cause like yeah. you said, it's not a, it's not an obvious one that jumps straight out, but it is really good. The second one is good as well. For, for, for people like, I, I like, you know, you see Santa Clauses and they have like, you know, the, it looks like a beard that come out of the packet kind of thing. I think Kurt Russell. I look for like Santa Clauses with like it looks like real facial hair. They look like the real deal. He looks like the real deal in this one. So uh, check it out for anyone who's kids, especially check that one out. Absolutely, no, it's it's brilliant. And um, okay, so I'm really excited that this film fell back to me. It's I feel like it's a love or hate, but I absolutely love jim carrey's the grinch yeah um i watched that I a couple that of weeks ago with my daughter actually fun too. yeah <laughs> it's probably for the same reasons you just talked about i remember i think i was like maybe 12 or 13 or something like that when it came out and i remember just like watching it with the fam and like you just have those feel-good memories and love i just love jim carrey i love his facial expressions and like his extreme over the top <laughs> sort of, you know is over the top. acting <laughs> and stuff like that and uh so i'm absolutely excited to have the grinch i feel like i'm you know i didn't get die hard but i'm building a little bit of a powerhouse squad here but i am a little bit stuck because there's a couple now and i'm realizing i've only got two picks left um i don't want to miss out any of my really favorite ones i have so many christmas films that i love i'm i'm a big christmas fan fanatic i am going to take oh this is so tough okay i think i'm gonna go with jingle all the way again just for the nostalgia factor arnie at christmas what's not to love um, <laughs> arnie at christmas you know absolute joy to behold yeah arnie and christmas and sinbad <laughs> talk about blast from the past you see sinbad as the postman and you get to hear um arnie's cheesy voice all the way through the film he punches a reindeer what's not to love so those are my those are my four picks i've only got one pick left where are you going for your final two picks here sir so i'm going to keep it uh i'm going to keep it to the people who are looking for something to watch with their kids because that's my focus i have two honorable mentions if you don't mention them at the the end of the show here that are more adult related but I'm going to go here with a classic, even though it is younger than me. It was come out in 1992. I do think the the Muppet Christmas Carol is like a, a classic for all ages to, to watch. So it's the Muppets, kind of like what you said, what's not to love, some singing, some some dancing, some silliness. That is a very solid choice. Some people would say a, an absolute no steal at the value that i'm getting here at the it really is like i'm a little bit ashamed of myself for forgetting but i was like man i'm forgetting some i'm trying to like maybe google something here because i'm literally forgetting i'm, sh- I'm sure that's like some right. people's 101 i'm sure yeah some people are annoyed that we've let it you're go all the way to like the <laughs> you'll be getting a you'll be getting an itunes review to say like yeah. terrible christmas movie reviews what about your last pick so bringing it home what are you going to go for i'm going to go with another kids one arthur christmas uh, another cartoon related film I, I am a sucker for like you know disney cartoon stuff i've gone to disneyland a couple of times so it's not it's not a disney one but it's uh, an animated film from 2011 and um, it's a it's a fun one as well so i i, I like i what i tend to think with some of these animated films is they need to get the parents in the door to bring the kids 
they need it to be good enough that a parent would sit through the film and this is definitely one of those that they've like put the effort into to get you to stay in the in the theater and watch it no i absolutely agree i think that it is it is very much an underrated um i think it's very underrated i don't think a lot of people even have watched it but it is very good like definitely i really enjoy it i watch it every year i am so this is a weird pick i think but i'm gonna go with it anyways because i sort of thought you would take it i didn't think it would come all the way back to me and i feel like i can't not take home alone (laughs) 2 imagine if your picks were home alone 1 home alone 2 home alone 3 it, no 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 home alone one and two are the only home alones that exist in my world but i love home alone two i personally prefer the first one but i know that a lot of people actually prefer the second one over the first one so and i think they're both fantastic they are some of my favorite christmas films and my son prefers home alone two, so i'll pick it for him so i'm gonna finish with home alone elf the grinch jingle all the way and home alone two column you have die hard which is fantastic the santa claus christmas chronicles muppets christmas carol and arthur christmas i'll put it up on a poll i'll see who wins and i will i will give that the adult section here i will give these were ones i thought that you might have jumped for bad santa (laughs) i think is a lot of fun the other one that i think goes completely under the radar is the night before I, i would highly recommend for anyone who hasn't seen it who likes you know comedy with kind of more adult humor uh, definitely not one of, to show the to show the kids, but it's one with uh, Seth Rogen in it, so it's uh, it's pretty pretty funny. I think. Yes, I will say as well one honorable mention that I was going to go for, but I feel like it'd be way too hard to explain which one I'm talking about. It's called The Nativity, but it's oh yes, oh Freeman. yes, oh yes, Martin Freeman. Where that, um, I would say that hasn't made he, it across the pond. I think they're going to have to find a yeah, stream. Yeah, I don't think they've seen that over it was in America, on It was on like Netflix. It's... If anyone has a, v, a VPN, get onto the UK Netflix. Nativity is awesome. That is awesome. It is honestly me and one of me and my wife's absolute favorite Christmas films. But I feel like whenever you say Nativity, then, then people think you're talking about like the Mary and Joseph, yeah. like, you know, maybe cartoon or something. And it's like, no, I'm talking about the Nativity with Martin Freeman. Go look it up. If you haven't seen it, do yourself an absolute favor. It is brilliant. Absolutely smashed. Um, One of my favorites, but guys, thank you so much for coming along this season. I hope you absolutely smash your fantasy playoffs. I hope you have a fantastic Christmas, get time to spend with loved ones and um, just enjoy yourselves guys. If you don't already as well, Go follow Colm. He is an awesome dude over at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. Check out Rotoviz Radio. They got lots of great, amazing, um, lots of great, amazing content that they're putting out. You're going to win a million dollars if you listen to their stuff, as, as we've heard. Um, is there anything else you wanted to shout out or plug before we go, Colm? No, that's it. Uh, give me a follow on Twitter. Check out the the podcast. We would really appreciate that. But um, wishing everyone all the best in their fantasy playoffs and obviously hoping they win and, and merry christmas or happy holidays to to everyone listening and have a good time in the u.s as well to you absolutely so thanks again guys for listening make sure and be a friend tell a friend get those subscriptions on make sure and leave a rating and review don't give me a horrible review just because we let muppets christmas carol fall all (laughs) the way to number eight i apologize have a great christmas win those fantasy championships and we'll speak to you soon I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate. <laughs>